Tom walks through the door, in his hands, making him adjust that sure, long-legged stride I love. This is all for you, he says, as he brings it to me. I immediately open the and he watches me intensely. Is it what you ordered? I bring a to my nose and smile. Oh, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Hello, Nicole. Hi, Bim. <laughs> it's been quite the week. It has been. Listen, but we came back. We had yeah. a new episode last week, so that's exciting. Yeah. Um, and now we're here. Like, we're getting into the stride of things. We're back. We're mm-hmm, back. We're mm-hmm. doing it. We're doing it. Mm, mm, mm. I'm excited for this week's Thirst Object. I, I'm sure you are, fam. I'm sure you are. <laughs> Why are you so excited? <laughs> because it is Tom Hiddleston. I mean, sure. A.K.A. Loki uh-huh. of the Marvel Avengers. Uh-huh. That's him. Yeah. The trickster god. Yes. Yeah. Him um, with the with the high forehead. Yeah. He's got a bit of a forehead, but that's okay. That's more than okay. Yeah. We're all God's children. Yeah. We're all beautiful. Um, I like Tom Hiddleston very much. I know you do. You. He's been one of the more consistent crushes that you've kind of uh, explicitly uh, like told me about. Like, yeah. You love a bit of Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. I think um, as long as I've been on... Twitter, at least. <laughs> when I went back to do some research and mm-hmm. whatever, I've been talking about Tom since about 2012, maybe. That's a, that's a long ass time. And yeah. I think it's also testament to the fact that, you know, he's been around. He's been for around a for a while. Yeah. yeah, he's been working consistently for a while. Mm-hmm. And Marvel was like his big, big kind of moment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was doing okay yeah. uh, before that. Anyway, so my feelings about Tom are, you know, quite complex. I was <laughs> a. A huge fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some stuff happened, but it's cool. It's neither here nor there. Um, I still, I have, I guess the embers aren't fully extinguished, mm-hmm. but it's no longer the roaring flame that it once was. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, absolutely. I don't I mean, burn up anymore when I see him. Yeah, well, I had something similar happen for me. You know, the flames died out a bit and mm-hmm. then, you know, a wind came through <laughs> and... <laughs> This sounds super farty, can I just say? It sounds very, very, very farty. A wind came through, a rumble. Yes, yes. You know, a little breeze. Uh And then the the embers, you know, came back to life. So we're going to talk about Tom Hiddleston, Mm. how we discovered him, Mm -hmm. how we grew to fancy him. Yeah, and then how we grew to unfancy him. Yes. And then slowly make the journey back up. It's like Kilimanjaro. Like, I feel like I've got my my little, like, my gear and I'm just kind of, like, traipsing up the side of the mountain. Like, just let me love you, you bastard. Right. Stop making me hate you. But it's fine because we are complex beings and to assist us in this complexity of fancying Tom Hiddleston, Mm -hmm. we have a very lovely, wonderful guest by the name of Alana Bennett. Yay, Alana. Yay, she's our friend and our colleague here at BuzzFeed.com and she's going to come in and talk to us a little bit about what it is that makes Tom Hiddleston such a dream boat even though there's a slight hole in the bottom of the boat. Right. We're patching it up. Though. We're patching it up. We're, we're applying putty and Ooh, All these tape. metaphors we have today. Mate, oh my God. But that's what happens. <laughs> that's what happens when you fancy someone who does things that make you go, why? Why do I still fancy yes. men and you in particular? Yes. Tom Hiddleston, grab a sippy cup. Let's begin. Okay, Ben, we're going to do some little superficial stuff and then we'll dig deep. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tom's face. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (sighs) All right. (laughs) You just dragged your hands (laughs) down your face. 
Uh, okay, so I'm going to, again, be a cliche of myself sure. and talk about when he was a little younger, uh-huh. he had curly hair. Yes, he did. He was a curly blonde. He's got some red, some blonde, some brown, all in the mix, and he's got really curly hair, mm-hmm. naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but he usually combs it or blow dries it straighter, whatever yeah, he it does. is. But I love his hair, and when he lets it loose, mm. it's like, oh, hello, It's very Tom. pretty. It's very pretty. He reminds me of a scarecrow, but like a hot scarecrow. Okay. You know, like yeah. he's clearly quite slender. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But he, and he's kind of gangly with it. Yes, I love it. I I can tell. Calm down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I think there's something uh, kind of loose about him. I really enjoy um, how he moves. Mm-hmm. He has like, he has this purpose when he walks, mm-hmm. which you don't expect from a would-be scarecrow, yeah. which is what I think is interesting, this, this dichotomy about how he looks and how he moves. Mm-hmm. And I think he's actually quite a graceful uh, person. Yes. Um, I love his kind of like his movement work yeah. when he's acting and yeah. doing these very physical things. I think he has a, a very natural grace. I think he's very aware of his body in a way mm-hmm. that a lot of... More so even than you are. <laughs> and he's very aware of his body in a way that maybe a lot of actors are not yeah. or you don't see as well. Right. Um, right. I mean, he's we, almost a dancer. Yeah, almost. But I don't think he has nearly as much rhythm as he thinks he does. Bless yes. his heart. Um, <laughs> I think you could argue that that's, you know, some of that is kind of down to his training. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a graduate of RADA. So, mm-hmm. you know, not to put too fine a, a point on it, but we do have some of the best drama schools oh, in the world. Here Listen, we go. let me it's just find you. Thank can, you. Yes, let me ahead. call the thing by its name. Yes. RADA is RADA for a reason. Okay. Thank and what you. does RADA stand for? Please. Stands for the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Okay. <clears throat> so um, what I really like about Tom's look, let's, we're still sticking to the superficial here. Yeah. Is that he is... He just, he knows how to dress this body. Like we've said about Mm -hmm. how he seems aware of it. Mm -hmm. He wears the best shirts, Mm. the best suits. And they're all kind of like skinny fit. Mm -hmm. Like they're kind of molded to him. Mm -hmm. But they're not like tight. His buttons aren't like gaping. They just sit just right on him. And there was one in particular where he's wearing a pair of trousers, um, like like a slate gray pair of trousers and like a white shirt. And Mm -hmm. he's rolled the sleeves up, which first of all, dudes, when you roll up your shirt sleeves, (laughs) you don't even know what that does. Show me your forearms. Show me. Show me the hair on your forearms. Show me the veins on your forearms. Just the light dusting Mm. on your arms. (laughs) That's a story for another day, kids. Gosh. But in this photo of Tom, he's wearing this white shirt and he has um, rolled up his sleeves. And when I tell you that when I saw that, I just exhaled. He's walking across the stage and he's paused. And so you see like the full length and the line of his body. Mm. And it's quite lovely. Mm. And he just kind of pauses and he has like this little impish look on his face. Mm-hmm. And he just looks like some kind of delicate snack. Yeah. And I just want to mm, eat. Yeah. I like a slender guy. I don't like uh, in real life, mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, because obviously when you're looking at the men that we see in pop culture, they tend to be very built. very mm, Muscle you know, bound. Mus- yeah. But in real life, I like them slim, and I like I like the feeling. Just, just I'm, I'm with you. Just this is a safe space. Go on. I just like the feeling of them melting into me. Ugh. And see, I just <laughs> it just I don't know. It's soothing to me. Stop touching yourself when you say this. I can see you. Oh my god, Nicole! Oh my god. <laughs> like your hands are right now just on your chest. <sighs> and okay, in my experience, mm-hmm. skinny men are always very warm. They're very hot. You mean like temperature-wise? Yes, their body temperature. Is warmer yeah, than the average? they burn so hot. Truly? Yes. I mean, oh, oh wait, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's talk about yes. a perfect example of Tom on screen Ooh. being this slender, hot-blooded man. Let's talk about the Deep Blue Sea. Tom Hiddleston and Rachel Weisz. Mm-hmm. Man, it mm. opens with this beautiful scene of the two of them in bed against mm-hmm. some white sheets. Their bodies are very pale and slender and white. That is the way of white people. I yes. mean, you know, I mean, some white people are tannish. You're right. You're right. They're, but, you know, it's like post-war Britain. So yeah. there was no sun. They yeah. hadn't added the sun to Britain yet. So everyone was very pale. So their bodies are entangled. You don't know where her body stops and his begins. You see his long thigh. I'm so glad you said thigh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all thick and muscular. And they're just just a tangle of limbs right Mm -hmm. and then the scene moves on a little bit and his um i guess it's after they have done it Mm -hmm. and his back is to her he's asleep and Mm -hmm. she rubs her hand across his back and then she licks his back Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's such a remarkable moment because Mm -hmm. you don't get to see women um looking at a man, uh, touching a man when he is unaware. Mm-hmm. And that sounds terrible, but, you know, admiring him when he is sleep, asleep and vulnerable and open to her gaze, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. so for her to do something that's so... Um, it's not aggressive. It is... Uh, but it is forward in a way. It is it's, forward. And it's, like, and it's, it's, yeah, it's just, someone owning a moment for yeah, herself. Yeah, yeah. Like, here you are where I can truly have you fully... I'm going to bite you. Mm. And I love that. <laughs> I really like that movie. It's um, directed by Terence Davies mm. um, and it's based on a play by uh, Terence Rattigan. So it's very much repressed British people. Um, so in this in this film, she's Hester, uh, played by Rachel Weisz, mm-hmm. um, has fallen in love with a man who is not her husband. Mm-hmm. And that man is Tom Hiddleston, uh, Freddie. And Freddie's like this hotshot. Soldier. Um, yeah, he's a former RAF pilot. Mm-hmm. He's like this, essentially, a war hero. He's come back after the war. He's feeling a little bit displaced and whatever. So to go back to that idea of the hot-blooded, you know, slender man, he, Freddie absolutely is one of those hot-blooded motherfuckers, yeah, right? he's so angry. He's so angry. Like, I feel... I mean, it's clear, it's like PTSD. Right, there is something that is happening to him post-war. Also, He's come back to a country, I suppose, yes, a hero, but also a world that is not the one that he left behind. Anyway, the point of this is all to say that he is wildly, wildly romantic because the movie itself is wildly romantic. But he's also just incredibly hot. Like he has this thing about barely banked, I guess, anger, passion. Yeah, passion, yeah. anger, all of it. And you know how I feel about a stern man. Yeah. I am very, very much here for it. And he 100% fulfills that. I really, really love that movie. It is this swooping big thing and it's all done very quietly, very Britishly, mm-hmm. you know, where everyone's just kind of sitting on their feelings and just. and then every so often Freddie, played by Tom, kind of just lets it out and you're like, yeah. oh my God, I feel like in real life I would hate you, but for a movie, for a play, for whatever, I'm so into this. Let me give you a case. Jack and Jill. Jack loves Jill. Jill loves Jack. But Jack doesn't love Jill in the same way. Jack never asked to be loved. <laughs> what about Jill? That's Jill's hard luck. Yeah, he was he was a terrible character. I like Truly. the way he treated Hester. Mm. But one of their last scenes together, I'm trying not to spoil too much, but Tom gives this beautiful performance. He is a beautiful crier in mm. his movies. Mm. And, and he does cry very well. Oh, it's such a... Oh, you have to see this movie. You also really like uh, one very specific thing about Tom, and that is a director that he has worked with a number of times. Yes, Joanna Hogg. Mm-hmm. Um, She's British, isn't she? Yes, she is. He's worked with her in three films. Unrelated, 
archipelago and exhibition. Mm -hmm. And he's worked with her at various points in his career. So Mm -hmm. at the very beginning, kind of in the middle, and most recently within the last five years. Okay, so after he's played Loki. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so he sticks with her. And it's such a rare thing for a man to have kind of this committed relationship with a female director. Right. Um, Particularly as we know, female directors don't get the love that they deserve uh, often enough in Mm -hmm. Hollywood. They don't get the projects they They deserve. They don't get the projects they deserve (laughs) um, and the recognition. So Mm -hmm. for him to keep coming back to her when she asks is great and I really admire that about him. Right. And again, not to be so basic as to applaud a man working with a female director. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yeah, the bar is low. Um, (laughs) And somehow Tom is clearing it. So it's a double-edged thing. (laughs) The bar is low indeed. But yay, he's doing this. Like, (laughs) God, fancying men is such work. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Truly, truly, truly. But I mentioned Loki. Let's talk a little bit about Loki. And Mm. just this, that for me, I think, was the moment that he exploded. That's the the bit where everyone knew who he was because he basically came into this film and stole the fuck out of the film. Right. American audiences had no idea who he was. Mm -hmm. Um, But here he was this lean villain, right? (laughs) (laughs) He had to say lean. I did. I did. Um... You know, we Americans, we love a evil British accent. Mm. Now, speaking of that, I'm going to interrupt you very quickly mm. before you go into this. There is, of course, the Jaguar ad that he did oh, yeah. a few years ago where he talks specifically about being a, a villain, a British mm-hmm. villain. I'm just going to play a very quick clip of something that he says from that. They say Brits play the best villains. But what makes a great villain... And he basically answers that when he plays Loki. Now, please, carry on. Tell me yes. more about Loki. Sorry, I have to collect myself because my <laughs> tongue just fell out of my mouth. Um, evil British accent, mm-hmm. tortured brother, mm. all this kind of stuff. He's mm. perfect. So the Avengers have him imprisoned. Black Widow comes to talk to him to try to figure out what exactly are you doing here mm-hmm. on Earth? Loki gives this very, you know, juicy monologue, right? Shakespearean, of course. Now, at one point, he refers to Black Widow as a mewling quim. Now, in the audience, when I saw it, I gasped, and maybe like two other people in the audience gasped. Mm-hmm. No one knew what quim meant. Mm-hmm. It's a very antiquated term for female genitalia. I could not believe that that was in a fucking Avengers superhero movie. And when he screams, I'll split his skull. This is my bargain, you mewling quim. And what really topped off the mewling quim line was like he spat a little bit when he said it. So mm-hmm. it like landed on the glass because he was in a glass enclosure and it landed on the glass. And it was just like this very heated, passionate, terrible, misogynistic moment. <laughs> but. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe you followed terrible, misogynistic moment with. But. <laughs> Even though people in the audience, very few knew what it meant in the mm. theater that I was in. I heard the ripple mm. of women mm. just being like, oh, <laughs> who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. 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 You know, I know. because that passion that you talked about that he brought to Freddie, mm-hmm. he had it in Loki. And right. we saw it when Loki is like, tell me who I am. And he's mm. crying and he's yeah. like, oh, you know, just he's upset. very good at that. He's very good at kind of like, um, I guess, allowing for complexity, even within the same role. Right. Where you kind of don't see him as one thing or the other. Because I, I was also, I mean, I think it's been taken to a whole new kind of weird canonization mm-hmm. regarding Loki being this complex blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I think especially in the first appearance of him, we really did get to a place 
where it was kind of like, oh, this is actually a complex villain. Like, not just in, like, in title, but indeed. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he clearly feels something for his adoptive family. Right. Anyway, I really, really, really like the way that he performed Loki and some Mm. of it slightly fell into Panto it felt a little bit you know because I think once you have a bit of fan love I think people begin to write for for that as opposed to like keeping the core integrity of the character yeah but I don't mind it and I think that happened this this whole writing for the audience and you know pandering to the audience a little bit that happened especially after his comic-con appearance Mm. um, where he was on stage in full Loki regalia where Tom Hiddleston was on stage in full Loki regalia um, and he was out there doing whatever. He was like, Neil. Mm. And again, <laughs> the women were just like, yeah. yes. Well, fans, <laughs> you know, when fans, when fans are too enthusiastic, that's when I begin to cool. And I'm just, I was just kind of like, all right, we get it. All right, fine. He's a villain. We get it. Calm down. <laughs> so like, stop making me hate this guy. Um, now, let's talk a little bit also about the thing that he most recently won an award for. He mm. won a Golden Globe pl- yeah. for playing... Jonathan Pine in The Night Manager, which Mm -hmm. is an adaptation of the John le Carre uh, novel. And in there, he plays a sort of um, a spy. spy. He he becomes recruited. He's a former soldier who's doing a very gentle job managing literally the the night manager of a hotel Mm -hmm. in Egypt Mm -hmm. during the Arab Spring. So Hosni Mubarak and all this other stuff. Anyway, he is recruited by the British spy services to become a spy. Um, And again, it's one of those great quiet, barely banked Mm -hmm. passion. Now, of course, in my view, it is also, of course, in some ways, (laughs) deeply orientalist. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, like, because that's John le Carre. You know, it's like the Brits go somewhere and, you know, the place is destabilized and here comes the stoic British man to solve the problems. Right. And there's a lot of that shit and lots of, you know, women die because these women are always disposable. Like, I think a woman was one of the first people to die on screen. Right. Shortly after she had sex with Tom Hiddleston. Let's not forget that as well, because we know the wages of sex is death. But Tom himself, again, plays this barely restrained. He does a little bit of crying. Mm -hmm. He does some very tender looks. Mm -hmm. He has a great face for, like, deep emotion. Yeah, and I think there's a scene where he kind of loses control in a fight with someone mm-hmm. and goes beyond what he needs to do in that moment. Mm. Um, again, just speaking to the characters, you know, there's a little bit of anger and, and a bit more than that, mm. a little violence in in his character. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's just one of those things that, again, he just plays really, really well. And it absolutely his kind of his physicality helps him do that because yeah. you can be... For whatever reason, I think there's something about a slender man crying that is more acceptable to us than some big, big dude crying. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. So he gets to play like these villains mm-hmm. who will also, you know, have wells of, you know, like feelings. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, there is uh, a character, a woman who is like, what are you doing here? Like, who are you? Because she's like, she's attracted to him. Mm-hmm. But she's like, why am I attracted to you? Because yes. you don't. What a question, which yeah. we will come to in a moment. But before we get off of the night manager. <laughs> Let me talk about this one moment from the series that blew up the internet, just built the fire in my heart. Tom's character, Jonathan, and Jed, as played by Elizabeth Debicki, they have this moment, this very personal, intimate moment. Tom has her up against the wall. Mm-hmm. Jonathan has her up against the wall, I should say. <laughs> I was going to say, mate. <laughs> Listen to me. And then like, He's still fully dressed, but his pants are down and you can see his butt. And I am not a butt person at all. I don't you've, like butts. You've mentioned this before. Yes. But his little booty cheeks. <laughs> just the flexing. Oh, my God. 
And Jed is as tall as he is. She's about six feet. Mm-hmm. And Tom is six one, six two. So she's about six feet. And he just lifts her up against the wall, has her legs around his waist, and he's just a little humping away. Mm-hmm. The internet went wild. Yeah. And all the headlines were Tom Hiddleston's cheeks. Mm-hmm. Tom gets a little cheeky. All this kind of stuff. <laughs> we love I, a pun. We yes, love a pun. I loved it so much. I'm here for it. Talking about lighting the internet on fire. Mm. There was a, a happening in 2016 that almost successfully derailed every lustful and thirsty thought I ever had about Mr. Thomas Hiddleston. <sighs> yeah, it derailed mine for a, a while. A good, I mean, I'm barely back on the wagon now, but we're going to talk about that moment in depth with our very special guest, Alana, right after this. Okay, let's talk about this incident. Mm-hmm. And we have in the house someone very special. <laughs> Alana Bennett here Yay. at BuzzFeed. She is a film and TV writer. Yes, Her beats is. include women in Hollywood, representation, geek culture. Plus, she spent this whole year talking about Time's Up, Me Too, The Reckoning, and Hollywood. Mm. Alana, welcome. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, look at your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to have you here thirsting with us live from the studio, uh, which is the only way to thirst as I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> yes. You have some feelings about Tom Hiddleston, don't you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You said that yes. on an exhalation. I love I it. Do. I love it. <laughs> Tell us about Tom and your feelings for Tom. It all started around 2012 for me. <laughs> It's like, it's like an old witch looking yes. into like the sack. It all started in 2012. I went to see Avengers. I'd never seen the first Thor movie, although mm. my friends were talking about it. So I was very taken aback when it opened with um, that scene where he's kind of taking over everybody's brains. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, who... <laughs> Who is that? What is, how is his face like that? <laughs> and he looked like shit in the beginning exactly. of that. He looked like shit. The hair was not doing it for me, but I could tell that he was like a very talented man. Mm-hmm. Very. Shut up. That's so <laughs> I could tell he was a talented, talented. man. Oh, is it? Uh, maybe into Shakespeare. Very, um, very good bone structure. Mm, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a synchronized. Mm, yeah. So. Tell us a little bit about this incident that we have alluded to that happened. Because obviously, Avengers opened up your Tom Hiddleston eyes. You fell in love. You Mm -hmm. began to kind of follow his work. You got enthused. And then in 2016, some shit went down. Yeah, the Taylor Swift situation. Can we have a a quick moment just to mourn that? Oh, my gosh. Just take a moment of silence. All right, carry on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they were first photographed sitting on some rocks together. <laughs> and sounds, it felt like the height of caucasity. They were on some yes, rocks. Some rocks in Rhode Island oh, on her private property. It uh, felt like I was plummeting off of the rocks. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Not in, even in that he was involved with anyone, because, you know, he's allowed to be with whoever he wants, technically, right. <laughs> and, <laughs> technically. And, and do whatever he wants with his life and his romance. But it was, it was, she was suddenly he was so wrapped up in all of the complications of Taylor Swift, which are many. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because you're, you're like a, a semi-fan of Taylor Swift. I am um, an anthropologist of Taylor Swift. <laughs> nice distinction. <laughs> yeah. But you've seen, you've yes. seen, you know her stuff. I you know her, her things. You followed it. I listened to her music. Right, right. So I, for me, that was so, that was sufficient 
to kind of successfully end, like, literally, like, the lady boner shriveled right then and there, like, withered off the vine. And I was like, <laughs> all right, RIP, we're done. Because, listen, fancy whoever you want to fancy, obviously. Right. I have a certain worldview and I have certain feelings. And truly, to have an object of my lust kind of decide in very explicit fashion <laughs> to fancy Taylor Swift, I can't lie, it killed something in me for me. That's no shade to Taylor and her many army, her army of fans. Go live your life. Be happy. Be great. For me, that was just a moment of kind of like, oh, man, that's I'm done now. I just hated how calculated it seemed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, when you're in Hollywood, you have to plan certain things. Right. So you like leak to the paparazzi that you're going to be at this restaurant with this person or someone in your camp does. That's fine. That's part of whatever. It's the game. Yeah. But this just seems so... Ugh, just yeah. contrived mm. and fake and yeah. like you could tell that somebody had plotted to put this together and that they were trying to improve either or both of their cachet and right. it's like ugh. but then he said that's not what happened because mm-hmm. you love the the interview um, that he gave in 2017 to GQ mm-hmm. um, which you're going to talk about because you really you really liked that interview that was like a turning point for you where you kind of cooled on him Yeah, I had hit the brakes on him (laughs) around the time of the Taylor Swift thing, and I was trying to not be attracted to him anymore. (laughs) I was attempting. How do you go about attempting not to fancy someone? I'm genuinely curious. What do you do? Avoid them. (laughs) Right, so act like a 12-year-old. Yes. Uh Uh, avoid them, join in in the um, public mockery of them. (laughs) Uh, Which, you know, I I was genuine in my mockery and in my lust at the same time. We're a complex being. We're complex, full of, yeah, Yeah. of nuance. Um, (laughs) But I think the GQ profile um, was kind of the first step back for me, where I he talked a lot about a lot of things, including his relationship with Taylor, and uh, it, and the writer framed it as sort of like, oh, he's heartbroken and stuff like that. But the thing that brought me back the most, I think, was that he was – the writer notes that he's just a very uncool, earnest man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, this is what I have loved about you the entire time. You are so deeply earnest to the point of being – completely uncool mm-hmm. and that's what i was connecting with like inside like aside from the uh you're very tall and strapping and handsome <laughs> like you're that and deeply uncool right right it's that combination and that's what you find attractive in right. in a man yeah Good and i think know. that's that was i feel like that contributed in a big way to the taylor thing mm-hmm. where i think that it was too very um eager people mm-hmm. at least one of them extremely earnest right right <laughs> maybe not knowing when to when to step back publicly yeah. right right yeah and see i didn't like that profile this idea of oh he's so heartbroken yeah was, because again i felt it was fake i didn't i didn't right. believe the sincerity of it at all and to be fair i had started to cool on him a little bit mm-hmm. before the incident same same um, because of that because he was just constantly dancing as soon as someone said can you dance for us he yeah, was dancing yeah. can you sing he was singing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he just had no no shame he right. was just like like me like me don't yes. you like me let me right. perform yes. for you like me that's the like, that's oh, the earnest dial it back. right it's right, very right. Earnest. it is very earnest but i also think that in that regard he is actually quite genuinely right. that earnest he did an interview with Peter Travers Popcorn with Peter Travers and he's talking about the night manager talking about the love scene etc and at one point you know he makes reference to something that he also talks about in the GQ profile and 
Peter Travers basically uh, says, oh, do an impression for me. And he does this kind of like self-deprecating, okay. A part of me is kind of like, all right, you didn't have to do this. You can literally kind of go, oh, I don't want to. People have turned down the opportunity to do whatever. But instead, and this is how I think he's actually at his core a a ham Mm -hmm. (laughs) who loves to perform. Mm -hmm. And it means that sometimes you can look at some of his other reactions and kind of go, this doesn't seem genuine. It seems like you're acting. But let me very quickly play. He does actually, to be fair, a very good Al Pacino. (laughs) Pacino says, um, so we're sitting here like a couple of regular fellas. I mean... You do what you do, I do what I gotta do. If I'm there and I gotta put you away, I won't like it. Anyway. (laughs) And that annoyed the (laughs) fuck out of me. I was like, oh my God, you have. Just stop. Which is unfair. I don't think that his impressions are that good. Mm -hmm. Um, There are times when he does a Samuel L. Jackson impression that sounds terrible it sounds like black exploitation <laughs> mm. and i'm just like please don't do that anymore <laughs> you know i don't i don't think like, i mean that's impre- that's fair enough yeah. my, my main thing is about is the about how easily he steps into like perform perform yeah. and it's kind yeah. of like you don't have to do this yeah there was a moment in the taffy piece in gq where he does a um, a tom hanks impression for mm. her and she writes that he is looking at her the whole time, looking for uh, validation and that she is enjoying it. So she says that it is a uh, impression of Tom Hiddleston wanting validation while doing a Tom Hanks impression. I felt right, like that was yeah. the thing, especially with that um, profile that brought me back was not even that it was so like it was so sexy. because I don't find the profile very sexy and yeah. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. find the breakup stuff even that like. Uh, that compelling, but the thing that I responded to was that it was also kind of sad. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's a very sad profile. You're right. It was kind of like he had been through this weird public relations thing that everybody had, was responding to. And now he has to kind of deal with the fact that the public, who he very clearly wants this like validation from Mm. he has to deal with the fact that they view him differently and i found that an interesting uh angle on him as a performer and his and the way that he portrays his own earnestness because i do feel like it's a genuine thing Mm. but gets put through weird prisms, especially when it comes to overexposure. And I think the Taylor Swift thing was a massive overexposure. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, Nicole, you mentioned his voice. Mm. And I have uh, a clip, which is one of my favorite, because uh, I, I find his voice to be easily the most compelling part of him. Mm-hmm. Like every mm-hmm. time I hear him begin to speak, I kind of relax and melt into my chair a little bit. Like yeah. I get, I feel a little bit limbless, a little boneless. Yeah. Um, but Harry is reading, he's reading Keats, uh, John Keats' Bright Star. Would I were steadfast as thou art, not in lone splendor hung aloft the night and watching, with eternal lids apart like nature's patient, sleepless eremite, the moving waters at their priest-like task of pure ablution round earth's human shores, or gazing on the new soft fallen mask of snow upon the mountains and the moors. No, yet still steadfast, Still unchangeable, pillowed upon my fair love's ripening breast, to feel forever its soft fall and swell, awake forever in a sweet unrest. Still, still to hear her tender taken breath, and so live ever. 
or else swoon to death. Bitch, swoon <laughs> to death. How uh, fucking accurate. I'm ready to swoon to death. <laughs> Straight to the grave. Mom. I hear you. Uh-huh. I would like to raise you uh-huh. a clip. Now, Tom has a beautiful voice. Mm. And some people, you know, they're just going to be like, oh, it's just his accent. But no, his Mm-mm. voice, the timbre of his voice, he hits the back of his throat in such a way that it hits the back of your throat. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like yeah. this beautiful, beautiful, chill-inducing thing. Like, it's it's... To be cliche, warm honey, right? Mm. I'm going to play a clip from him reading May I Feel, said he, by E.E. E. Cummings. It's life, said he. But your wife, said she. Now, said he. Ow, said she. Tip top, said he. Don't stop, said she. Oh, no, said he. Go slow, said she. Come, said he. Um, said she. You're divine, said he. You are mine, said she. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Nicole, could you reach behind you and grab me a cigarette? No. Oh I, gotta, my God. I gotta just exhale. He's role-playing an entire sexual scenario. In that. By his self. By his own self. And he involves you somehow. <laughs> you're not even there, but he's like, you're a part of this. Yes. Don't forget. It's beautiful. You love that clip a lot, I love you? it so much. It's been on my Tumblr since 2012, <laughs> since I first discovered him. Let's kind of go to the thing, because we all had like different re-entry points Mm -hmm. when it came to coming back to Tom Hiddleston, The Fold. And one of those was obviously uh, Kong Skull Island. We're not going to linger on this, but that was like a moment for all of us, wasn't it? Yeah, and I wasn't really going to go check it out, but I did. And I was like, oh, this is actually quite good. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, oh, Tom, I see your little (laughs) guns. Because like, there's this one moment where he is like in the center of a circle, there's fire and smoke popping off everywhere. And then like the camera zooms in on him and he's holding a gun and his arms are bulging. And it's like, okay, Tom, I see you. I see you doing a little. Something. See, you told me about it when you saw it, and I was kind of like, eh, I guess, but I didn't watch it. And then I was on a plane coming back from somewhere, and then it was on, it was on, and I just thought, all right, fine, I'll watch it. And by the end of it, I was like, wait, 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 mm-hmm. this is actually a good movie, mm-hmm. and he is in fact good in it. So that was a surprise to me, and that kind of was, yeah, there was a little bit of like a slight ember. I was like, oh, maybe I still feel feelings despite mm-hmm. the incident. Because he's very good in it. Yeah. Alana, have you seen the film? I have seen the film. I went to see it alone. <laughs> it was like months after it came out and hang I was on, just on. like... Well, did you go alone because you were ashamed? <laughs> um, it was more like everybody had either seen it or did not care at all. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go sit in this theater alone. I'm going to watch Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston do their thing. He's mm-hmm. a soldier, if yes. I recall. Yes. And so very tanned and muscled. <laughs> and yeah. More muscled than we've seen right definitely not like Loki right but he's still like committed he's still like trained with Navy SEALs even though he's played soldiers many times before and he knows how to play a soldier and he's still like (laughs) he's still he he went he always goes 100 he does because he played a soldier you know in the National Theatre production of uh, Korea Lanas which that gift set of him Uh. taking the shower (laughs) oh my god Wow. Can I just say it's a fully clothed shower and he's on stage yeah. and like he's covered in blood and he's kind of rinsing it all off. And I remember the ripples across my timeline. So, yeah, he's yeah. played a soldier. <laughs> and I saw that in the theater um, through National Theater Live, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, I love that 
uh, whole thing of making theater more accessible to people who are not able to live in London, are not able to live in New York. Anyway, it's a really, it was a very well done play. But there's also this one moment where he's like, he um, hits his chest and does like a little body roll. <laughs> That's a very popular gif as well. And I'm just like, yes, Tom, roll for me. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> roll for us. I think the biggest thing I got out of Coriolanus was a, um, there were shots of him before the production, just in a regular T-shirt and jeans, but he was um, he was practicing the stage combat. Mm. And for me, his love of stage combat has always been a major attraction for some reason. Right, he's a theater geek. He's a theater yeah. geek, but also he's the best at wearing shirts ever. <laughs> Hot agree. <laughs> and there's there's one um, with like a blue T-shirt. I remember. Listen, that guys, we're gonna put it on our really Tumblr. But please go on. Tell us more yes. about the blue shirt. And it's just him with a uh, blue shirt and like some kind of harness, mm. which Nicole calls yes, mm. the war, I, uh, cors- uh, yeah, war corset. Yeah, war corset. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> great, great. Ah, uh, and it was just very good. He was like holding a sword. And That'll was, do. Was, that's <laughs> That'll all do. That's all you need. <laughs> So we're now in that weird space where we fancy Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. We were a little bit derailed, a little bit ashamed, mm-hmm. and then we came back. Are we all in agreement that we all fancy Tom Hiddleston again? Yes. And yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And good meeting, it's, guys. It's good a, job. It's a resilient lust. And what, oh, truly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good, yes. Um, what fully brought it back for me, like, I was like, okay, I give in. I can't resist anymore. Was seeing Thor Ragnarok yes. the second time. Because the, mm. the first time I was like, oh, I'm almost there. Loki in the black suit. Almost. You almost got me. And then I saw it the second time. And I was like, yep, I'm a goner. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> you loved him in Ragnarok, didn't you? I did. Well, I hadn't. I I liked the first two Thor movies, but I hadn't. I did not connect to them as much as a lot of people did, especially a lot of people who like Loki. Mm. So I felt like they actually got Loki, my version of right in this one, and mm. they actually got him to be able to do all of the funny and dramatic things that um, I kind of wanted to see out of the character, and he looked super hot in it, despite his weird widow's peak hair. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an odd wig. But yeah. there's also, like, you talk about the playfulness and, like, the chemistry mm-hmm. that he kind of generates. And there's, like, a really, really great series of scenes that he has with Valkyrie, who's played by Tessa Thompson. Yes. Mm. And with Thor as well, Chris Hemsworth. Mm. And it's so much fun, especially mm-hmm. when they have that really great knife fight, mm. like him and Valkyrie. And I remember thinking to myself, well, what a what a couple of attractive people <laughs> just doing fun things. Just some hotties tumbling. <laughs> <laughs> Just tumbling with knives. It's just like, I'm not even, listen, to each his own, I'm not here for knife play, but I was like, oh, no, no, I could, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, if these two were doing it, why not? Yeah, there's that gif of him flipping two knives at the same Mm. time. Why is that so hot? Because it's two knives at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) But that scene where Valkyrie and Loki are fighting each other and then she puts him on on his back against the wall. Oh, yeah. And he's looking up at her. Yes. And you could tell he doesn't know if he's supposed to be afraid or turned Mm -hmm. on. And I'm like, I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm feeling something. (laughs) Ironically, when I first watched Thor Ragnarok, I spent the first few minutes of Loki time uh, kind of wrapped up in the Taylor Swift thing because they had been dating when they were filming. That's what they were like in Australia together. She was in Australia to like be with him while he was filming. And then, yeah, and then they had 
and then they broke up during filming. So I spent some of that being like, Tom Hiddleston filming this scene was probably sad that Taylor Swift had just dumped him. And then by the end, I had just like pushed it out of my mind. And I was like, you know what? Who cares? He's still hot. He's still talented. He's still the same like dude who I will probably never meet. And if I do, then it's not going to be actually romantic <laughs> so I don't have to deal with any of this baggage and I can just lust after him. You're doing a lot of critical thinking <laughs> first there. and we're not looking for that sort of stuff. Okay, this is a fantasy zone, alright? There's still plenty of fantasies there with him yeah, but I had to true. claw my way back to it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is really uh, a summary of thirst. I had to claw my way back to thirst. <laughs> Sometimes you have to work for it. Yeah, yeah hard absolutely. Agree. Hard agree. Uh, Alana, thank you so much. You've been you. a wonderful addition. Where can people find you on your work? Alana Bennett on Twitter.com and at BuzzFeed.com, the website, and around in the world. Yeah. Okay, well, look out for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. You've been a truly worthy and, you know, worth it uh, person <laughs> to come and chat about fucking Tom Middleton, yeah. Phew, my goodness. <laughs> we have been on a journey today. I'm glad we had our good friend and colleague Alana Bennett in to help us on our way. But now it's time. It is time for those drabbles in fanfic wars. Just to remind you, the thirst object is Tom, Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Bim, yeah. would you like to read yours first, please? I mean, I have... <sighs> I will say that this Drabble is a reflection of my, um, I guess, the polarity of my fancying or not fancying Tom. So, I don't know, like, it's not really a hot and heavy one. I mean, I never really do that. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like what I... It's a, it's a very... This is, for me, the most kind of, like, real fantasy level stuff because I don't know anything about him. So I've just really projected wildly what I want from him as mm-hmm. opposed to what I even know of him. So my feeling is, as I've mentioned earlier in the episode, he is, you know, a bit of a ham. Yeah. He enjoys being helpful in that way. You know, mm-hmm. he likes to feel like certain kind of roles right right and so this is kind of what i've uh envisaged as i wrote this drabble for tom this week okay all right you ready yep go for it fine we had been for a walk tom had got me back into the habit these last few months in the absence of epping forest where i had taken him in the early days of our whatever this is we had no choice but to take a series of loops in brooklyn For what felt like the 40th time, we were talking about my latest work, a new play that I had to deliver to the producer in a matter of days. The thing is, he said, referring to my main character, she's clearly your avatar, and you're too private to be comfortable with what you've written. He was right. I stopped in the middle of the pavement, forcing him to stop too. I looked at him, at the tip of his nose that was now red from the cold. (laughs) and the cheekbones that had stolen my breath the first time I saw him, at the lips that my friends jokingly called unfortunate. (laughs) And then I nodded. So what do I do? How do I fix it? I asked him. His eyes grazed my face, discerning what I needed to hear, looking for the correct response to match it. Tell you what, he said finally. We go home. I cook you something very hearty. (laughs) <laughs> and you spend the next four hours tossing ideas at me and working it out. <laughs> he hooked his arm around my shoulders and nuzzled into my neck, his cold nose tickling me. Perfect, I replied. 
<laughs> hey, girl. Get out. <laughs> okay, I will. I will. I'll leave right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, yeah. So, that was my travel. It's yes. Tom assisting me as I struggle with a plot point in my oh-so-important play. I no, listen, mate. Don't ever apologize. Oh. Don't don't ever apologize my for face your. Is red. It's my you, fa- your oh. face is so red. It's it's like looking at a fucking tomato in uh. front of me. Like you are like a human tomato. You're so red right now. It's kind of remarkable. Oh my god. I'm excited because your reaction tells me that your drabble is going to be something quite special. Because I already know you have like very strong feelings for Tom Hiddleston. Yes. So I'm worried that what you're about to drop right now is going to leave me red, which is very difficult because I'm quite dark skinned. But I think (laughs) that what you're about to bring is going to make me that red. What is it actually? Why are you laughing so much? I didn't even do anything in there. What is it that made you so red? (laughs) Because I could picture it very well and I could see his little red nose in in your (laughs) neck. And I'm like, no, I want his nose in my neck. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, listen, it's not too late to change your travels. Just kidding. It is too late. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? I mean... Never. I've never been ready for a drabble of yours. So that's a stupid question, Nicole. Okay. I can't I can't ever be ready. Don't look at me while I'm reading. I'm literally gonna stare at all. <sighs> Tom presses the prop knife just under my left breast. Is this the way to your heart? He asks me. Oh my God. His breath a plea against my ear. No, I respond. That's not the correct line. This is the third time you've made a mistake. Oh what happens when you make a mistake? Oh my god. Tom lowers his eyes, his lashes a silent apology against his cheeks. I have to learn my lesson, miss. I'm sorry. Tom removes his shirt, and I stand behind him. Running a surgical pinwheel up and down his back, I make him recite his lines over and over. When he fumbles, I press the sharp metal teeth of the pinwheel into his skin until it pinkens for me. Bitch. Until he gasps for me. What am I... After 10 minutes, he's learned the lines for this scene perfectly. So I kiss the marks trailing down his back. You're such a good boy, I say. God. Oh, my God. I am. I mean, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole, man, I just. uh, It's. uh, (laughs) Bim, you have to say words. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Well, those are our travels, y'all. <laughs> I I just... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sweet yeah. baby Jesus in heaven. I mean, fine. Okay. Ultimately, the listeners have the final say on who has won Fanfic Wars. Whose Drabble do you prefer? Do you, do you like Nicole's uh, Tom with some pinwheels and pinkening skin? <laughs> I'm only using the words you used in your travel. Or would you like to kind of go for a walk and have Tom work out the kinks in your play? I don't uh, know. Kinks. It's... Jesus Christ. I, I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wordsmith, Nicole. Okay. I draw pictures with words. Ultimately, we're going to put up both of these options in a poll on our Twitter account. You can mm-hmm. find us on Twitter at Thirst Aid Kit. And you can essentially pick wherever your brain is at on the day. Yeah, do you like Tom's red nose? Do you like his pink back? Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
Father Lord, forgive me. All right. Um, so that's Fanfic Wars. Guys, please don't forget to vote. It will be on our Twitter and we look forward to hearing your feedback uh, as and when you listen to these travels. Thursday Kit is produced by us, Bim Adewunmi and Nicole Perkins, Julia Ferlan and TK Dutez. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow us on Twitter at Thursday Kit and we're on Tumblr too at thursdaykitpodcast.tumblr.com. You can find us individually on Twitter at Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's T-N, Whiskey with an E, Woman, and Bimadu, B-I-M-A-D-E-W. Remember, if you require the services of the First Sommeliers, you can call us and leave a brief message on 765-884-4778. That's 7658-THIRST. Thank you so much for listening, as always. We have a huge favor to ask. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. It'll help other people discover it, and we love reading your feedback. Feel free to live-tweet your lessons using the hashtag TACPOD, that's T-A-K-P-O-D. And remember, we also accept praise and love via the inbox. You can reach us at ThursdayKit at BuzzFeed.com. See you next time, and stay thirsty. Bye. Tom lowers his eyes, his lashes a silent apology against his cheek. I have to learn my lesson, miss. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Bill, I'm not looking. I'm not looking at you.